0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Neighborhood Podcast, spelled NBHD. I am Tiana Thomas, and if you are new to the show, let me give you a quick rundown. Each week, my co-host Rachel Weiss and I will be interviewing local small businesses to give our listeners a glimpse into the people behind the business. NBHD will give you a whole new perspective into the world of small businesses so you know where to go to support local. A big shout out to our sponsor Neighborhood Innovations, a business committed to showcasing small businesses as a way of the future. Now, on to the episode.
1: and welcome to the fourth episode of neighborhood podcast today we are super excited to share that we've brought on vtd apparel vivian anchor is the owner
0: of vtd apparel a handmade black owned clothing brand that was created in the midst of a significant increase in police violence towards black individuals vivian's goal is to uplift the black community and also provide advocacy tools to the black lives matter movement
1: and various issues that persist in the black community Here to discuss the ins and outs of her company, welcome Vivian and thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
1: We are so excited. So Tiana and I just want to really quickly preface this episode by saying that as two white people, we will never fully understand the experiences and realities of those who are racialized. But with that being said, we do understand the importance of supporting and being an ally. And today we hope to continue the conversation about race and continue to educate both ourselves and our viewers about the Black community through our conversation with Vivian. So again, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited.
2: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I appreciate you guys saying that also. But yeah, I'm really excited.
1: We're
0: really excited. So Vivian, just before we dive in to discuss more about your business and its significance, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, so my name is Vivian. i born and raised in Ottawa. I go to Carleton. Um, I'm in global and international studies along with Tiana. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I actually, I met Vivian in first year. You were one of the first yeah. people I met at Carleton.
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, like, I'm a pretty basic person. Like, I just have a business. I'm a university student. That's about it.
1: Mm. so we wanted to know what does vtd stand for
2: <laughs> so funny thing i actually had a business in high school um so i made like tie-dye shirts in high school and i sold them in, um to like my fellow classmates i think i sold between three to four hundred shirts Um, so I eventually, at the end of my grade 11 year, I decided to end the business just because my high school wasn't really that big and I didn't really know who to sell to. Um, but yeah, so when I was going to start this business, I wanted to, I guess, have the same name that I'd had then, but I didn't want it to be. Okay. So basically my, my business in high school was called Bibs Tie-Dye Shirts, um and I didn't want to exclusively make shirts I wanted to be able to branch out and make different forms of apparel so that's why I made it VTD apparel biz tie-dye apparel okay but yeah I was inspired by the business that I had in high school
0: so you've always had a bit of a passion for producing clothing then
2: yeah um that's why when the protest happened in Ottawa um I was like really quick to. I'm like okay like I want to make shirts for this um and I kind of when I ended my business in high school I knew at some point there would be a time when I should recreate my business but with a rebrand um and yeah when I started this like I knew it was my time and I knew it was the perfect moment to do it so that's why I did it
1: So circling back to, you had mentioned the protests in Ottawa. Now, did you like immediately start your Instagram page and your website to sell stuff for that? Or was that kind of more of a side thing? And then it led into your um, like Instagram business.
2: So I didn't really, when I knew there was a protest happening, because I couldn't attend. um, Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to have some sort of, I wanted to make some sort of contribution. So I thought, okay, like, let me make shirts for my friends And then I'll post in social media, see if anybody else wants a shirt. And instead of asking for money, I'll just simply ask people to make donations, sign um, petitions. But yeah, so I posted that on social media. And then I got, like, a lot of people um, that were interested. So... Um, I decided to make the shirts for the of protest, and then I got a lot of positive feedback from that. And I'm like, okay, like maybe I should build off this momentum, actually try and create something from this, and then that's where my business
1: started. Yeah, so I learned about your business through <laughs> Christina Mayoni. <and> yeah. <laughs> so. She I love her YouTube, Christina, if you're listening to this girl. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had learned about your business through that and then I had placed an order. I was obsessed. So I actually placed another order a few days ago. I know I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. so happy. Um I love everything. Like honestly, I love all of it. I love your design. So you Thank have you a so few much. you have a few different collections. So for yeah. anyone listening, the collections right now are there's the Black Lives Matter collection, Protect Black Women, and then there's also the historical Black Figures collection. So where exactly did you come up with the ideas for each of the collection that you've decided to do?
2: Um, so I guess my inspiration for each was kind of completely different. Like, say for this example, the Black Lives Matter collection, I knew that I wanted to have a collection that had Black Lives Matter at the focal point, but obviously not just a basic Black Lives Matter design. I wanted it to be something that, something I guess kind of fashionable that people could wear on the street and people would be comfortable wearing. Mm -hmm. And it didn't look like what most Black Lives Matter shirts look like. Um, But yeah, no, that's how I thought of that idea. And for the Protect Black Women collection, I specifically wanted to address um, how we need to do better at protecting black women. That's where that design came from. And then the historical black figures, I wanted to pay homage to the um, significant black leaders that have done so much for our community that we often don't talk about.
0: Can um, Can I ask, do you design all of this yourself or do you have another artist that helps you create some of the designs on your shirts?
2: So, um, the ideas were all mine, but like, I am very artistically not inclined. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm more of like a writer. Um, so I like, I pay artists. Um, some people helped have helped me with it, but yeah, for these collections, the newer ones, I'm trying to do it more myself just because I find people don't really understand my vision. Mm. And mm-hmm. I find it a lot easier just doing it myself. You know which what? Is what? I've learned over the past couple of months.
0: I I do that all the time whenever I'm trying to like. That was like the biggest challenge I had first starting neighborhood is I had to like delegate jobs to other people, and I was yeah. like, stop, 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 stop. That's not how I envisioned it in my head. Mm-hmm. Give it to me, yeah, I'm gonna do it. So it's so bad. <laughs> it's so
2: bad. Like even with um even with like my shoots and stuff like that, like I got to the point where I just decided I was gonna do, like, my videography and, like, photography myself, because, one, I know my friends' angles the best, and <laughs> no offense to the photographers and everything, but it's, like, I don't know, like, I feel like they just weren't seeing my vision, mm-hmm. so That's I'm, like, okay. okay, like, yeah, exactly, at the end of the day, not everybody's gonna see your vision, yeah. um but, yeah, so I decided to do all of that myself, and, yeah, I'm definitely a lot more happy, like, doing it myself,
1: okay well you guys have such a nice website like your vision is definitely a good one i mean i think you guys have such a clean like aesthetically pleasing websites your shoots, thank you your shoots look great your instagram looks incredible too so whatever you're doing is working um (laughs) so to kind of circle back so through your protect black women collection you address the particular vulnerabilities experienced by black women and how these women experience both gendered and racial oppression. You speak to the like particular need to have a gendered inclusive approach to racial justice. So for anyone listening to this who maybe doesn't know what that means, like what exactly does a gendered inclusive approach mean? Um, are you able to kind of explain that for them?
2: Um, I really liked this question. <laughs> um.
1: <Thanks. laughs>
2: I literally, like, I just sat and I thought about it. and I'm like, damn. Um, but I don't know. I think a gender-inclusive approach to... Um, it was a gender-inclusive approach to racial justice, yeah. I think that at the end of the day, we need to acknowledge that, I guess, mistreatment in not just Black communities but racialized communities, it impacts everybody. Mm-hmm. And for us to make some sort of change, we need to acknowledge that We're not treating black women the same as we treat black men or um non-binary or anybody else in the community and for us to see any type of change we need to unify and actually acknowledge these issues
1: yeah and you made a really good point on your website about how the media and like discourse tends to neglect the experiences of black women which i was saying to tiana like when you think of police brutality a lot of times the image that comes to mind is of a black man and that's not a bad thing of course but yeah. when you think of that you really you think of black men you can list off so many um names names of men but for women really when it comes to me like personally i was just saying to t like i can really only think of brianna taylor so yeah. Exactly. but but this impacts both men and women so i think it's really exactly. important that you're saying like this impacts everybody and the only way to challenge it is to acknowledge that it impacts everybody
0: yeah and definitely the words the key words that people should be using when discussing the relationship between both race and gender is the term intersectional it's the acknowledgement that different social issues do eventually overlap and that what black people experience in north america and other western countries is a result of a lawn intergenerational history that Uh circles back to colonial oppression and slavery and so this is not like this is like just a product of our country and it has a a very long complicated history and it has a lot more to do than just not being socially racist. It has things to do with their... Uh, like systemic racism. Yeah, around, like systemic so, racism. Yeah. Like, it's integrated into our educational system. People were primarily taught white history. It's integrated into, like, gentrification. So, um, when it came to developing, like, urban planning, there was... They developed black communities, white communities, and white communities generally received more investment and more infrastructure than black communities. And because of that, there was, even if it wasn't intentional, there was a segregation that still exists very much today. And that's why black communities disproportionately experience higher rates of poverty and crime and incarceration. But we have to acknowledge that that is a product of history and society and government and that's why we need to keep constantly keep this discussion going and it's a lot deeper than anyone realizes but being able to like that got a lot deeper than I meant for it too but um <laughs> but like the best way that you could like I think like circling back to that question of like if you were to ask someone how could they best support and be an ally to like, people of color, and specifically black women, it's be educated on why these issues
1: actually exist, and know that it's a lot more than, than we realize. Yeah, so to speak on that, like, what advice would you give to people listening if they want to, like, how can they best support and be an ally to black women?
2: So I think that one of the most important things is that we need to take the time to actually stop and listen to black women, because I find that People will contradict or dispute what black women and say black women say and like you need to understand that we are these are lived experiences. You you're not gonna understand a dark skinned black woman struggle because you're not a dark skinned black woman. So you need to take the time to actually stop and listen and understand what we're saying. Because if you don't do that then we're not gonna make any sort of change. Also, um, specifically towards the say her name movement. It's as simple as literally learning their names and learning their stories. Because like you said, like many of us can only really say Breonna Taylor's name. But realistically, the mistreatment of black women by police officers or just anybody has been going on for literally centuries. And even if you look at if you go on Google and you search, say her name, the amount of black women that will come come up and it goes so far. But many of us don't know that because the Black Lives Matter movement has been centralized around Black men and um, the mistreatment that they undergo, which is really heartbreaking. Like, even me personally, when I was trying to educate my followers on this, I didn't know so many Black women have been a victim of police brutality, and there's so many people that we don't discuss, and it's really sad. Because me personally, I think if I were to go um, to the first Black woman that I'd Found out was a victim of police brutality, it would probably be Sandra Bland. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, in 2015. But not many people talk about her because that's when, that's around when Trayvon Martin was murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, like, I think it's really sad that somebody's story has been, I guess,
1: outshined by Mm -hmm. a male.
0: And like, I don't want to, I don't want to.
2: Obviously, I think Trayvon Martin's story is really important. I think that was very momentous in the Black Lives Matter movement. But we still need to, we need to put black women at the same regard that we put black men.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And one thing I did notice about this last year in particular, when you look into 2020 and now going into 2021, there has been a momentous increase in movement and attention towards the Black Lives Matter movement, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. But people have a lot of different theories about why this may be. It may be because like youth in particular, like people around our age are finally getting to like a point of social conscious, but also a maturity that we feel comfortable speaking on these issues. Um, But I think it may also be because of COVID. We spent a lot of time inside. We were a lot less distracted by work and school and we had a lot more time to pay attention, be on our phones and get educated. So that's kind of my take on it. But why do you think this past year in particular, the discussion has increased so much?
2: Um, interesting. I think that particularly around, particularly around the George, when George Floyd was murdered and around the global protest, I think that a lot of people were spending times on their phone and they were actually... Looking and seeing what was happening because realistically, like, I never, oh gosh, I, um, I, I like never really watched the video of George Floyd because I don't think anybody should have to watch that. Mm -hmm. But obviously, from hearing the story, any black person would know that that's literally that's happened before, that's what happened to Eric Garner. And you have to ask yourself, why is the same thing happening? And why like, why is it continuously happening and why is nothing being done about it? Because even then, if you look at the Eric Garner story, the police officer that s- stood on his neck literally received less time than somebody who sells dope. Yeah. <laughs> and you literally murdered somebody. And it's like, you just have to ask yourself, like, why are... Why are the same things happening, but we're seeing so little progress? And I think people almost got tired of that. Mm
0: -hmm. Like,
2: obviously, accompanied by the fact that people were stuck inside. um, I don't know. I feel like over the past year of people really being on social media and stuff, like, especially on Instagram, like, people are trying to take the time to educate others,
1: Mm -hmm. which is,
2: I guess... I don't know. I like. I have a bit of mixed emotions okay. on how how people are, I guess, advocating on social media. I think so. It's like it's a little bit of a you know, it's one of those questions.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it also kind of ties into there is also that you know idea of um, performative activism, and I think yeah, you do tend to see that sometimes. Like when it when it happens, like you know when when that when it happened to George Floyd and George Floyd was murdered. You see tons of posts about it, but, you know, a month later, it's, it's, it's far less, even though the issue persists. So I think that's also um, something to be mindful of if you're someone who, you know, you only really post about it or educate yourself. When it happens, um, or it's or it's talked about in the media, I think it's important to know that you should continue to educate yourself and continue to, you know, advocate and look for ways to support racialized communities and, and be an ally, not just when it's mm-hmm. the popular thing to do, you know. And what I was going to, oh sorry. sorry, sorry, What I was going to say, <laughs>
0: Vivian, you, go. you can go. You can go. Well, what I was going to say is, even though like performative act activism is always a risk that may occur when it comes to discussing social issues. I think a part of a reason that social movements have gained more momentum is because white people, people who, like, we understand that our race is particularly privileged and perpetuate issues such as this, we're starting to realize that, like, a lot of youth, not everyone, but a lot of, like, youth are starting to acknowledge that this isn't a black issue. Like, for a very long time throughout history, black oppression has been a black issue and white people have been very open to neglecting it and now i feel like more people are starting to become allies starting to take accountability and starting to join that discussion and so now we have instead of white people ducking their heads and trying to deny that racism exists (laughs) um people are starting to actually acknowledge the flaws of our society rather than avoid them and i think that's a very good thing as well even though it's definitely imperfect we have a lot of room for education there's a lot of room for mistakes Um, and performative activism definitely does happen, but I feel like overall, more people are starting to step up and have that discussion, which I think is overall a very good thing.
1: Yeah. Um, so to circle back to what we were saying about, like, the whole thing of COVID, people being on their phones, I am curious, like, has COVID impacted your business? I know it began in June, 2020, which would have been like, we'd already kind of (laughs) been in the pandemic, but you know, do you feel like your business could have been maybe a bit further if COVID wasn't a thing right now? Has it impacted your sales or maybe you've not seen any impact?
2: Um, So I constantly remind myself that like, realistically, I feel like most people aren't in the,
1: financial place that they'd like to be in Mm -hmm. so not everybody
0: can afford
2: to support a small business right now which I completely understand you know Mm -hmm. so like obviously I think that if we weren't in COVID I would probably have more sales all things all things considered like I've had a lot of sales (laughs) a lot more than I've expected Mm -hmm. or I expected but yeah no like I think that a lot of people um a lot of people, like, aren't in the financial place that they would like to be in. So I definitely would have had more sales if we weren't in COVID. Like, even um when when the stimulus checks came in in the United States, I think that day, I literally had so many, so many orders from the U.S. And then at first, I'm like, what the heck? And then I'm like, <laughs> the stimulus checks literally oh. just came in. But yeah, no, like, that was really funny. But yeah, um, even in terms of, like, um like, when I order stuff, like, you never really know when things are going to come in, or, like, they take a really long time, which is really annoying, and even, like, shipping, it -hmm. has made shipping really challenging, too, and it's, like, me starting this business was my first time shipping anything ever, (laughs) so I didn't really (laughs) know what I was doing, Um, but, yeah, no, like, it definitely did impact, like, multiple aspects of my business. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm, but, it sounds like there's a lot of different aspects to running a business, especially from home. Like, I just started my own little cupcake business from home and I yeah, had to I order. Thank you! Like, I, I just started it, but I had to order all of these different like, products, and Uh-oh. I needed to be really considerate of my time, but that being said, what does like an ordinary? Why can't I talk today? What does an ordinary business day look like for you? Um.
2: Honestly, it depends on the day. Like, usually I get up, Um, it depends on if I'm working or not, if I'm working later in the day, I try and get up earlier, Um, I look at the amount of orders that I have, I print out my transfer paper, just because, like, it takes time to dry and everything, Um, and then, honestly, like, I just get to work, and I start vibing, I play my music, and then I'm in my own world, like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's really nice, because I'm doing something that I actually like to do, um, so I'm literally just like chilling and it's really relaxing. Like I just get away from my phone and then I'm working and then depending on if I want to make some sort of post, um, mm-hmm. I might start working on that. And I don't know if you've looked at any of my posts or you probably, <laughs> you <Yeah. obviously> <laughs> have. <laughs> but, um, so a lot of the posts that I make actually require like a lot of research. Um, so like depending on what I'm going to post about, I usually start researching or even just start like writing what comes to my head. So it's more natural. Um, but yeah, like when I'm doing, when I have like a significant post plan, I usually start researching for a couple of days and then I get mm-hmm. to writing. But yeah.
0: I like that your, bi- your business is a very good balance between selling a clothing product and providing an educational platform.
2: Yeah. Thank you. I. I have put, tried to put so much emphasis on that, and, like, I've had to constantly remind myself that, because, like, even um, being on social media, it's like I see other businesses, and I'm like wow why do they have so many followers wow I should be posting so much more but it's like realistically at the end of the day I'm trying to educate people and my platform isn't the same as other people so I can't be posting every day Mm -hmm. and I don't need to post every day because people don't want me to post every day people want informative posts and obviously like it's really cool when I post a video and like people can see a friend, but it's like, I want to be able to educate people on something that I'm passionate about, or I know that a lot of other people are passionate about, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of your posts, I do notice that you are kind of going into like an end of season sale, sort of like that rebranding thing. So without spilling too much about like what you're doing next, um, do you have kind of like any idea of what kind of collections you hope to create next? Like, what is that rebranding gonna look like for you? Give the people a teaser. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, obviously, like, um, just because we're going into summer, I want things to be more colorful because I love I love color. I really mm-hmm. like color. Um, but yeah, I want things to be more colorful. I want to address more issues that i wasn't able to address through over the past couple of months um things that i'm very passionate about i know other people are passionate about and need to be highlighted um one thing specifically being colorism um colorism is something very important to me and it's something that has impacted me throughout my whole life and it impacts a lot of my friends and i want to have a collection that i guess highlights this um so i'm able to actually bring attention to a growing issue and i also um i will be addressing the say her name movement just because i feel like i didn't do that enough Mm -hmm. and i learned a lot about that over the past couple of months so i definitely want to um highlight that too it's just that it's just doing it in a way that doing it the right way Mm -hmm. is the issue you know Mm
0: -hmm. I imagine it must be a little bit hard to try to uh, make something that's fashionable and it's like it's a a clothing product, it's cute, but it's also like serious. We're not trying to romanticize or cutesify, is that the word? Like say her name, but we also want something we could wear, you know?
2: it's really hard like even this one collection that I have in mind that I've been thinking about for a couple of months um I've been really hesitant to actually do it just because I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want people to think it's an aesthetic and yeah it's not an aesthetic I'm literally trying to I'm trying to highlight the amount of black women that have been a victim of police brutality and so we can actually say their names and learn their stories.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I imagine that must be a challenge with... um,
2: No, it really is challenging. Well,
0: because I imagine that they're... Because we talked about performative activism and I guess the last thing we want to do is make an aesthetic out of people's tragedy. Yeah. But at the same time, clothing statements always end up on social media you see people wearing them down the street so Mm -hmm. i i feel like clothing is a very smart way to send a message a message yeah Yeah, like i was going to say an advertisement that's not right but it's like a constant Mm -hmm. reminder when you see it on a shirt but like those names are still out there they're not going anywhere but you're right you want clothing that people want to wear and want to buy
1: but keeps the message of your brand yeah and
0: that's why i feel like 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 rachel has a shirt that has that says like protect black women and it's yellow and it's gorgeous but that's very much like an aesthetic and again we don't want to Mm -hmm. romanticize like a like this very big social issue however like i imagine it must
1: be very hard to find a balance and i really implore you for that
0: yeah, yeah, you've done such also...
1: a you've done such a great job with that. By the way, like with your designs right now, like all of them are a perfect balance between being clothing obviously that people are interested in want to wear, but are also so good at educating people and the message really comes through in a way that is both like that you know, it, the clothing is nice, it's aesthetic, but it it still has that message there, that underlying mm-hmm. message that you want to highlight and you're not losing that in what you've done mm-hmm. so far um which is super super important um so on your website your mission statement says i want individuals of all races to have the ability to support the black community and for my apparel to serve as a constant reminder that black lives matter so kind of what we had talked about earlier beyond the business aspect of things do you have any advice about how non-racialized people can best support the black community
2: um so i think there's a couple of things i think that we all need to acknowledge that there's many struggles and many aspects to the black life or any racialized life that can't be understood by outsiders. Or even then, like I have, I have my own personal, my own personal, I guess, struggles, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that can't be understood by other members of the black community because it's something that's unique to me. So me as a dark skinned black woman, um, I have, i've experienced different things than a light-skinned black woman because it's completely like it's just completely different and i think it's complete uh it's important to acknowledge that like we don't all experience the same things um and i also think it's really important to remember that it goes farther than supporting the black-owned business and at the end of the day like like what tiana was um addressing like You need to take the time out of just buying the shirt and actually understand what you're wearing. Because realistically, I'm obviously like, I think we need to protect Black women, but you need to understand what you're wearing. You need to understand the story behind the shirt and you need to understand the Say Her Name movement or even the Black Lives Matter movement. You need to understand the importance behind Black Lives Matter. We don't just say it to say it. Like, Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter is extremely important. There's a story behind it, and it's a significant movement. And, yeah, I think it's just really important to understand and educate yourself. And I think it's also important to remember that your Black and your racialized friends aren't aren't there to educate you at the end of the day. We've been doing this for so long, Mm -hmm. and... It's one of those, you have to take the time and actually try and educate yourself because it gets really tiring for us, Mm -hmm. Um, especially after what's been happening, like what, over the past year?
1: Mm -hmm. Realistically,
2: what if I went and educated everybody that said something wrong or asked me on every question? I would, I would be so tired. Yeah. (laughs) And like, it, it's very mentally draining too. And like, you need to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah. I think it's important that people know if they are purchasing one of these shirts, they better not just be purchasing a shirt that has a bunch of faces of people that have been victims of police brutality. That whoever is purchasing this shirt isn't just wearing it to send a statement piece. It's also a conversation starter. So if anyone approached them on the street and said, could you tell me about this article of clothing? I hope whoever is purchasing it is able to give a significant answer.
1: Yeah, like, it's important to know what you're wearing. And again, this all kind of does go back to the whole notion of performative activism. Like, rather than just buying a shirt because you think you'll fit in better or, you know, you want to you wanna go with what's popular at the moment. Or, like, appear a certain yeah, way. Yeah, appear a certain way. You You know what you're wearing and you know the meaning behind what you're wearing. And you make a really great point. It's not just, like, to educate yourself on racialized communities and their realities and experiences... That is not on racialized communities to educate you. Like, like you no. can do a Google search. You can take courses at university. You can read right. black literature, indigenous literature to educate yourself. It is not on them to educate you on all Racism of these is not a yeah. black
0: issue. It is a white issue. I'd like to make that very clear.
1: You no.
2: Know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like even even just me personally or a lot of my black friends, like a lot of what I know about black history or oppression or anything that happens in the black community it's literally because i research it Mm -hmm. it's because i actually take the time to educate myself so if i am able to do that as a black person you are more than capable of doing that as a white or latina or whatever your ethnicity
0: Mm -hmm. yeah like it's quite literally our job to acknowledge yeah our place in perpetuating racialized issues and do our best to be
1: allies to the black community and make sure that that doesn't continue in the future. So to circle back to that, what advice would you give to someone who is starting up a small business right now? Like what is the most difficult part about running a small businesses, things like advice that you would give for things to look out for, your favorite part of running a small business?
2: Um, so I would say, so funny story. Um, I actually like you guys know that I the whole idea of this business was created in June, mm-hmm. but I only launched in December. No, I only launched in February of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had actually been prepared to launch for a really long time, I think since maybe like August, September. Um, but because like I was so in my head, I was very hesitant to launch, I took literally months. To actually finally launch my business, and it wasn't until um, I started wearing my clothing in public and people started asking me about it, and then I realized I'm like, you know what? Let me just have a photo shoot. So I had a photo shoot with all of my friends, and then I realized that like <laughs> it literally looks so good, mm-hmm. and then that's when I decided to launch my business. Um, so like one of my key uh, advice would be like stop hesitating, literally just do it because at the end of the day, even if the people in your city don't support you, which I, I definitely think they will. There's always somebody at the other side of the world that will support you. And there's always people that will support you. And you need to remember that at the end of the day, you're literally your biggest hater and you're also your biggest yeah. supporter. So if you're not going to support yourself, then it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you need to remember that in the long term, it'll be worth it. Like... Even, I don't know, like, the amount of progress that I've made over the past couple of months, the amount of people that I've been able to inform on a lot of issues that they weren't aware about, like, it's so rewarding, and, like, even right now, like, while I'm working on my new collections, like, I literally question everything I do, but, like, it's, I have to constantly remind myself that I've encountered so much growth over the past couple of months, and, like, it's only up from here, and I don't know, like, I think that, I think that, like, I, um, I don't know, like, I think that'll be really good. And I have to keep reminding myself, affirming, um, also, I think that one of, something else that's really important is that, um, to remember that, like, other businesses will literally always support you. Mm -hmm. At least, like, 90% of businesses will support you. And I feel like people, we've, like, we've, like, we've made this notion, people think that we're all competing, And it's, like, most businesses will literally, like, if you DM them asking you a question, they're going to, they're going to support you. They'll literally tell you where they got their shipping stuff. And it's, like, you're not competing at the end of the day. Like, people want to help you and want to support you, and you need to remember that. And at the end of the day, like, we're literally all in this together, you know?
1: Yeah, you made such a great point. Like, we are always our own worst enemies. Like, telling yourself, you can't do it. Like, this will never, you know... People aren't going to like it. This isn't going to go well, but seeing how far you've already come and I know that you're going to go great places. I mean, with this business, like you've already done so much. So I'm I'm so excited for the rebranding. Listen, I've already placed orders. I'm ready to place more. So (laughs) I still
0: still need to place an order, but I have been, let's just say COVID and money have not been my friend. (laughs) So it's coming soon. I promise. But I'm so, so excited to see what you have to offer not just Ottawa but the rest of the world yeah. and your amazing styles and all of your very important messages. So that being said, with new clothes coming soon, lots of educational resources, where could people go to access your business? Can you quickly tell us about your website and your Instagram?
2: Um so you can <laughs> you can access my business at VTDApparel.com. Um my Instagram is Vtd.apparel and you can also find me on TikTok, vtd.apparel.
0: Ooh, TikTok? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's new to me. Um, and then, of course, as always, um, to any of our listeners, you could always go to at nbhdpodcast, and you would be able to find all of Vivian's contact information, where to access her Instagram, and thus, her business so you could place an order for yourself. Also, wherever you are listening to this podcast, may it be Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Amazon, please make sure that you tap the link in the description to access her Instagram and her website. All of the information is always
1: available there. Um, yeah yeah so Vivian thank you so much for being here today I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add if we missed anything uh, anything you want to tell the listeners kind of about like what your next steps are for your business
2: um I have one more thing I want to say for any business owners that are out there don't compare yourself to other businesses at the end of the day, like you have your own growth and you're literally your own business. So you need to stop and focus on your business and what you're doing and remember why you're doing it. And I promise you, you will be so successful.
1: Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. I know it's so easy to compare yourself, like, you know, comparing followers, comparing likes, like things like that. So yeah, you do make a really great point. I think that's really great advice for I mean, you see so many businesses now that are just starting up and I'm sure are feeling the same thing as you like, exactly. Oh, you know, I'm I didn't get many orders this month. Maybe this isn't what I should be doing. So trusting in yourself. So that's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so w- much. Without anything else to add, Vivian, we just, we both want to say thank you so much. Cause this conversation has not only brought a lot of insight towards your business and your efforts, but I think. It has reminded a lot of people that this conversation is still ongoing and yes. they, hopefully all of our listeners will really take some time to reflect on what we talked about today and constantly being considerate of what's going on in our yeah, world. Black, yeah. Black lives matter. Black lives will always matter. And yep. going forward, I hope people take the time to definitely support Vivian and her business
1: thank you so (laughs) without anything less again thank you Vivian so much and to all of our listeners again if you want to place an order get to know a little bit more about Vivian and her business the mission of the business just go into our profile and you will be able to find that so thank you so much everyone for listening today I I had actually a lot of fun doing this episode, so.
0: I had so much fun, too. So, without further ado, thank you so much, Vivian Anchor. My name is Tiana Thomas. My name is Rachel Weiss. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you all soon.
1: So just to wrap up this episode, a quick message for any Carleton students that want to be more involved and educated, I highly recommend taking the two courses CRCJ 4002, which is called Race and the Canadian Criminal Justice System, as well as CRCJ 4001, the Criminalization of Black, Indigenous, and Women of Color. Both of these courses highlight the experiences of racialized communities and they also speak about how often Women of color are forgotten in the discussion about gendered and racial oppression, even though unlike others in society, women of color face both forms of oppression. It's incredibly important to educate yourself about how you can be an ally and support racialized people within Canada. And this could be done through engaging with Black and Indigenous literature,
0: supporting Black and Indigenous-owned small businesses, engaging with organizations like Black Lives Matter and Reconciliation Canada, and also holding people accountable for their biased, stereotypical, or racist comments
1: and actions. Vivian gave a lot of really important points and advice today for how people can be allies, and it's important to acknowledge that we all have a part to play in being an ally, and these are just a few of the things that you can do to support racialized individuals. I hope you all take the time to to reflect on everything we've learned today, but thank you all
0: so much for your time, and we'll see you next week.